time, D-heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And it may be February, it might be cold where you are, but we're going to pour ourselves some tropical drinks, get our favorite tiki mugs, maybe head out to Trader Sam's because we have a jam-packed show for you to keep it fun, tropical, and just a little laid back as we have that Hawaiian war chant going on. Because for show number 242, for the week of February 24th, 2022, we have none other than Brandon Geraldez stopping in here to the show. Now, Brandon, you may know as the creator and founder of Geeky Tiki's. Yes, all of those classic pop culture tiki mugs that you know and love. Everything from the Goonies, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, all the horror icons from Chucky, Freddy, classics like Frosty the Snowman, as well as Lilo and Stitch and many others. And Brandon's going to stop in and talk with all of us about what it's like bringing geeky tikis to life, getting the royalties in order to create some of these pop culture icons as classic collectible tiki mugs, his favorite drinks to drink as well with his tiki mugs, the entire line and collection of Geeky Tiki and what to expect out of the future. And no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, and this week we have Jeremy stopping in, and he's taking a break from Disney history. Now, you've known over the longest time that Disney history has happened, but instead, he's putting on his short legs, yes, and he's going to be going on to Disney shorts. And I'll let him explain that a little bit more later in the show. We have Frank bringing you the wit, the wisdom, the fun from Walt Disney in this week's Disney's Quote of the Week. And let's not forget Dominic. For the longest time, he brought you the short leash with tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. Well, he is not abandoning ship. He is not jumping off the monorail head first. He's not taking the ferry boat as it's sinking. He is still heading to the Magic Kingdom. But this time, he's going to be giving you all the best attractions and the history of attractions from the Walt Disney World Resort. And he's going to have a lot of fun with that as well. We have all kinds of great things to tackle here this week, and we are continuing to shift the show. As I mentioned last week, little by little each week, the show is going to be changing. It's going to be a lot more fun, and hopefully we hear back from you with what you want to hear out of the show and all the fun things going on. So let's jump into this week's show. It is fun. It's full of tiki. One of my favorite things is tiki culture. I have a half-sleeve tiki totem all the way down my arm tattooed, so trust me. I love Tiki. So let's jump into things here. Let's head off into Adventureland. Let's go on a crazy adventure, have a dull whip in hand, maybe a Mai Tai, and let's head on out to show number 242 for the week of February 24th, 2022. And what better way to kick it off as you already knew I was going to go there by entering the Tiki Room. Be right back, all VD heads. Tiki, 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 tiki
bitches in the back got call my cause Because of their claws No, because I'm a cause And a fine feathered friend is a jolly toucan And you can sound better than what you can And beat the drum We've been hit And we know you adore us So come on, join us in another chorus In the tiki, 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 tiki room The tiki, 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 tiki room Where the birds sing words and the flowers croon Envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that piece. It's kind of a cute story. <laughs> uh, basically, they were getting ready to redo Adventureland, and someone came up with the idea well, maybe we should have a little restaurant. So we had our first meeting with Walt, and there was only five of us in the meeting. And Walt just said, Well, I think it's a Tahitian area, so we should have some little. Well, kind of a little tiki room in there. So John Hench was in the meeting and they asked John to do a little rendering of what a little tiki room might look like. And Walt took one look and he says, well, John, you've got birds in uh, cages there. And, and John said, yeah. And he said, well, you can't have birds in cages. He said, because they'll poop in the food. And John said, oh, no, no, Walt, Walt, no. He says, they're not real birds. They're stuffed birds. And Walt said, no, Disney doesn't stuff birds, John. And John said, no, they look like they're stuffed birds, but they're little mechanical birds. And then one of the other fellows in the meeting said, well, you know, we could probably get the, the birds to chirp to each other. Hey, Michael, me amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. Actually, the Tiki Room was the first audio animatronic show that was ever made. Audio animatronics? Right, audio animatronics. Ooh. Audio for sound. See, and electronically animated by sound. Walt turned to me and said, Rolly, if people are standing outside, they've got to have something to kind of occupy them. Why don't you come up with some ideas of some tikis that might talk to the people out there? My name is Maui. 
Natives call me the Mighty One. I sculpted probably 70% of all the tiki's in the tiki room, the pre-show tiki's. And then I did the uh, fountain, I did the bird mobile that comes out of the ceiling with all the birds on it. The beautiful thing about it was that uh, we had the whole show designed and ready to be put into Disneyland and Walt said, this is too good for a restaurant. We won't have it as a restaurant, we'll make it as an attraction. So that's what started the Tiki Room. This is Rolly Crump, a Disney Imagineer, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back. I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 242 for the week of February 24th, 2022. And we're pouring some Mai Tais, maybe some margaritas. We're going to pull out those tiki mugs and have all kinds of fun with some war chants, tropical fun, tribal craziness, you name it, because we're going to make it tropical in February as we have none other than Brandon Geraldez stopping in here to the show from Geeky Tiki's. Lots of fun things on the horizon here at the show. So before I get into my banter, my ranting, my crazy talking here at the show and the way we're changing things up since we've relaunched from our hiatus, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. Come on, that's the best way to interact with all of us. And you can always find all the latest information right there at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. You can also follow us all over social media from Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, you name it. You can find all those links right there on DizRadio.com as well. You can also subscribe to our show and get the latest shows in your mailbox ready to listen to instantly as soon as they become available at iTunes, Stitcher Radio. You can ask Alexa to play it, Google, you name it. You can find it right there everywhere to stream right away. Hit subscribe or subscribe directly on our official website. So all of you D-heads, we are back once again here this week. And as I mentioned, the show is going to be going through some changes in the next couple of weeks. A variety of different things that we're going to be changing up uh, in show formats. And you already heard that the D-team is going to have a few different things here this week. But I'm going to let them handle that on their own. So instead of news, because there's a lot of great news out there, I want to get into Tiki. I love Tiki. All of you Disney fans out there, you love Tiki as well. I have a half-sleeve tattoo from my shoulder all the way down to my elbow of a Tiki totem. And all the totems on there all mean something. So I love Tiki, Exotica culture. I had a full Tiki bar in my house at one point. It is just something that I live by, I love by. I love the Tiki Exotica culture. Not to be mistaken with Caribbean culture and Jimmy Buffett. Don't get me wrong. I love Jimmy Buffett, Zach Brown Band, all that fun Caribbean beach kind of stuff. No, this is Tiki Exotica culture. Entirely different beast. And I love it. I love going to Trader Sam's, getting your drink on, having some really good Long Island iced teas, some Mai Tais, just a lot of great things out there, a lot of great tropical drinks that I love to do, as well as some great barbecues. And come on, one of the biggest things that all you Disney fans love, Dole Whips. Am I right? Everybody talks about Dole Whips. Sometimes I don't know if they're as great and as popular as everybody's making them out to be, or if they're just jumping on the bandwagon of 
You can't see me doing air quotes. I love Dole Whips, but they are tasty. They are good. Don't get me wrong. Now, when it comes to Disney and Tiki culture and adventure, I mean, I guess that's the best way to put it is adventure. And Walt Disney always loved adventure, whether that was the True Life Adventure series or things like Swiss Family Robinson, bringing that movie to life and being on an adventure, adventure land. You know, he had a whole land dedicated to wanting, you know, things that are just exotic and different places that people couldn't normally get to on a regular basis back when Disneyland first opened or when they were making their movies. And and some of those tiki things that I love, and I don't want to say tiki, I just say adventure as a grand scheme. We all love the Jungle Cruise. I mean, the Jungle Cruise is fantastic. It's recently seen its second life because of the movie with Dwayne Johnson in it, which might I add, I didn't know what to make of it. It is kind of a spin of the very first Pirates film, but it's fantastic. I'm excited to see the sequel that they already greenlit. But you can't go wrong with the Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise is one of those things that's always fun. It's it's whimsical. It gives you that that entire tribal feel. You have the Tiki Room. On top of that, you also have Tiki Room under new management. Boy, some of you consider that an abomination. I know many Disney purists out there are probably going, that was horrible. It was an abomination. They shouldn't have ever had that. But you have to remember, Disney had to keep evolving. You have to keep with the times. And, you know, at the time, Aladdin was huge. Everyone loved it. And they were doing something that was new and different to bring life into this classic attraction. Let's face it. If it wasn't for some of us older generation passing it down to our children, do you really think they'd sit still and be like, oh my God, the Tiki Room is fantastic? Probably not. And that's the part that many purists have to get past is sometimes you need to update, you need to tweak, you need to do. And they ended up bringing back the original performance. It's condensed down by four minutes, but you know, it's still a great, great show. And come on, it's a great place to cool off when you are in Adventureland. Now, when you're thinking about adventure and you're thinking about getting this crazy tiki stuff on, think about Disney and the Muppets. One of the greatest things the Muppets ever did, if you find it, is the Muppets version of the Hawaiian War Chant. It is fun, whimsical, and especially exactly what you'd experience out of the Muppets. It's what you'd expect out of the Muppets doing the Hawaiian War Chant. Now, thinking of adventure films and adventure things from Disney, some of those rarer ones that people don't really think of is like, Think of just, I guess, all kinds of adventure. There's The Given, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Jungle Cruise movie. But what about some of those other ones like Treasure Planet or Treasure Island, the original Treasure Island from Walt Disney? Or let's go back to Swiss Family Robinson, the many incarnations that Disney put out. They had the Disney Sunday movie version. They had the original 1960s version. Um, there is a variety of Swiss Family Robinsons that they put out. And 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it may be a Jules Verne classic. You may be under the water, but it is full of adventure and fun. And it's just the music in it. And it's just, it's a great film for adventure as well. But what about The Treasure of Montecumbe? That is a lesser known Disney film that is just as fun. I mean, it, it, I'm not gonna give too much away. Just look up The Treasure of Montecumbe. That is definitely a fun-filled adventure movie that you wanna check out from Disney. 
Now, you also have some of the more popular In Search of the Castaways with Haley Mills and a variety of those as well. But there is some great adventure ones. And I want to ask all of you D-heads out there, drop me a line. Drop me an email with your favorite Disney adventure films or TV series. I definitely am looking for some of the more rare ones that are in the forefront of your memory. And you can email us at dizradio at gmail.com. That's D-I-Z radio at gmail.com. I want to hear what you're thinking of when you think of adventure films coming from Disney. Now, thinking of adventure and setting sights on adventure, one of the adventure lands that you have to admit is fantastic, and maybe you never had a chance to look it up or check it out, is the Disney adventure lands overseas. They are just phenomenal. And, I mean, they are just beyond exquisite in the way that they are designed, the way the Imagineers built these lands. They are fantastic. Now, growing up myself, I have a few different things about Adventureland that I recall. One of those, uh, I was probably about seven or eight, and I've been to the Magic Kingdom many, many times. Uh, but I remember running ahead of my parents because my favorite thing was to hurry up, get to Pirates, and hit up the Jungle Cruise. Those were two things I wanted to hit up first thing in the morning. You know, you go to Adventureland because it's one of the quietest lands first thing in the morning at the Magic Kingdom. So I remember running there and, you know, you got the giant uh, totems that are playing the tribal music. They're spitting at you. Uh, there's a lot of fun. This is also light years before you had the camel spitting on you in Aladdin. So I'm a lot older than that, all of you D-heads. So this is before we had the Aladdin attraction there in the middle of Adventureland. But I remember running in there and there's that little side bazaar with a store in it. And I remember going in there and looking at all the different Adventureland things they had from wooden flutes and things that I thought were really adventurous and crazy and of course the safari hats and all these different things and I remember putting a safari hat on my head in that bazaar. Now in that moment I looked around for my parents and I was panicked beyond panicked. My heart was pounding through my chest. Boom, boom, boom. I just remember this. And I was like, where is my mom and dad? I took off running as fast as I could because I was so scared that I lost my family. My, I, 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 Seriously, I looked up. I couldn't find my mom, my dad, or any of my four other siblings in Adventureland. And let's face it, Adventureland isn't very big. So I don't even know how I missed them other than, you know, I was this little kid and was half looking, right? So my head, my heart's pounding. It's pounding through. I remember just the cold sweats going in and I took off running. And as I'm running, I had a Magic Kingdom cast member screaming for me to stop, like literally screaming at the top of their lungs, which frightened the heck out of me even more. I was terrified. I'm like, why is this person screaming at me and waving their arms? So I took off running. I glanced up for a second and I'm like, oh, that's my dad. I ran into the Tiki Line queue. They were just loading in to go into the show. So I go in. I'm like, I'll just sit in the back here. I'll enjoy Tiki Room. And while it's going on, I'll look around all these benches and find my family so then I can hurry up and run up to them when the show is over. So the show's going on and on. And this is back when it was the longer version by the four or five minutes before they shave those off. And I'm enjoying the show, but I'm not seeing my family. I swear I thought I saw my dad go in there, uh, but I didn't. So I'm sitting there watching the show. I'm just paranoid. I just don't know what's going on. So the doors open, you know, they're all singing hi-ho like they always do. I start coming out. And as I exit, I see my entire family standing at the exit of the Enchanted Tiki Room. Next to them 
we're four cast members. And I'm like, oh, wow, what is going on? So not only does my mom run up to me and she's just like, oh, my gosh, you're alive, you're great, you're well, all this other stuff. Come to find out the reason why the cast member was running at me was because I put on one of those safari hats from that bazaar and I ran into the tiki room, never paid for it, never anything, just literally put it on in my head and took off like some child thief in the night, you know, like I was sitting there, I was like Aladdin, I was just sitting there. It was almost like I swiped it. I wasn't really thinking, I was more paranoid that my parents weren't there, so I didn't think about it. Um, but, you know, long story short, it was really fun. An Adventureland memory that really just, it's one of those memories that sticks with you and it makes me just love that land so much more. There's something about that land because of that memory from my past. Um, the cast members ended up letting me keep the safari hat, which I still have to this day. I wore it on the opening day of Animal Kingdom, actually, just for fun. 1998, Earth Day, I was there, and I was wearing that same safari hat from Adventureland from when I was seven or eight years old. Um, but fun little adventure fact. So if I didn't bore you with my little story here, it is a great show. I'm excited. I collect geeky tiki mugs like no tomorrow. I am really excited to have Brandon stopping in here at the show. All the new segments that the team is doing now as they're shuffling it up, changing up their segments here as we are back from our hiatus. I'm excited. I have no less than 33 geeky tiki mugs in my bar in my basement. So I'm excited for that. It is definitely going to be fun, exciting. I'm full of tiki. Now, before I release the reins here to the D team and my rambling for all of you D heads, I do got to give a giant shout out to my son, Zachary, who's turning 14. I am proud of you, proud of the man you're becoming, your determination, your wit, and speaking of adventure, this is also one of my key Boy Scout boys. Both my boys do Boy Scouts. Zachary is one of those kids that can start a fire without flint, without a match. Um, he can start those. He camps out. He can camp out in the middle of the winter. He knows how to tie all of his knots. He is the boy that if you were lost in the woods, if you were lost on an adventure, or maybe if it was a zombie apocalypse, my son Zachary is the one you'd want to call. So onward to adventure, onward to fun. And let's press on for show number 242 for the week of February 24th, 2022. And the next time I'm back after the entire D-Team, I'll have none other than Brandon Geraldez. Yes, the creator and founder of Geeky Tiki's stopping in here at the show. Be right back, all of you D-Heads, and let's press on. I see what's happening, yeah You're face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable Well, it's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod When you're staring at a demigod What can I say except for the tides, the sun, the sky Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome I'm just an ordinary demi-guy Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky When you were waddling a hide this guy When the nights got cold Who stole you fire from down below <laughs> Look at him, yo Oh, also I lasso the sun Stretch your days and bring you fun. Also 
Why harness the breeze? You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome for the islands I pull from the sea? There's no need to pray, it's okay. You're welcome. Ha! I guess it's just my way of being me. Honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was mad. We just messing around. I killed an eel. I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree. Now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been. I make everything happen. Look at that mini mini Maui. Just look at that. himself was the voice of Mickey Mouse. Now he's a tycoon of the center of a vast business empire. Mr. Disney, can you still make a noise like Mickey Mouse? Well, yes, uh-huh. But, uh, of course, I don't make many Mickey, uh, Mickey Mice films. <laughs> can you make that noise for us now? Well, uh, Mickey talks up like this, you know, kind of a falsetto. Welcome back to another installment of Disney's Quote of the Week. Are you a fan of the Jungle Cruise? Do you like jokes so bad that they're awesome you know like dad jokes jungle cruise is one of my all-time favorite attractions i'm a sucker for bad jokes which is exactly what this attraction is all about while jungle cruise skippers have their standard jokes there are always new ones popping up as skippers spend more and more time lost out in the jungle and then of course in 2021 we had the whole jungle cruise movie that was just packed in bad new jungle jokes as well as a nod to the classic jokes told on the attraction now, Disney describes the Jungle Cruise as follows. Embark on a river cruise where dangerous beasts and dry wit abound. Board a canopy tramp steamer piloted by your trusty skipper, who will expertly navigate you through some of the world's most treacherous waters. Steam past lush foliage, butterflies, and waterfalls on the Amazon in South America. Glimpse an abandoned camp overrun with curious gorillas on the shores of the African Congo. Watch for hungry hippos, hungry lions, and sleeping zebras along the Nile, and be on the lookout for missing Jungle Cruise vessel and its helpless passengers. As the cruise continues down the Mekong River, you just might learn that the jungle always gets the last laugh. In its 10-minute, 10,000-mile journey that you soon won't forget. Well, one of the classic jokes that you hear on the Jungle Cruise by one of its skippers is as follows. Before I came to the jungle, I worked at an orange factory, but I got canned because I couldn't concentrate. My boss almost beat the pulp out of me. Those are the kind of jokes that you get on the Jungle Cruise. No matter how many times I ride this attraction, I always come off laughing. Anyway, that's today's installment of Disney's Quote of the Week. We'll see you again next week. 
Until then, have a magical week. A start in every high school play Blew every drama teacher away Graduated first in my class at Juilliard Took every acting workshop I could And I dreamed of Hollywood While I read my Uta Hagen and studied the Bard Hit the boards and paid my dues And got phenomenal rave reviews
citizens, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Turkwing Duck. And I'm also Jim Cummings, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. Keep up the good work. Welcome to the newly dubbed Disney's Shorts. No, we're not talking about underwear here. It's Disney Shorts. Uh, we've been normally with me, you'd hear some Disney history, but I started getting to where I was enjoying talking about some of the great animation shorts put out by Disney Animation. But they're the old stuff. I mean, I'm digging back into like the vintage stuff, that stuff that, that I grew up with. But either way, I'm Jeremy. I'm also known as the Spider Pan over at the Neverland Fandom Nexus found at NeverlandPodcast.com. Come on over and have some fun with us as well as soon as you're done listening over here to Diz Radio. But I got some fun for you that I'm bringing over here to Diz Radio. This, we're going to talk about a short that was released in 1947. It's a Mickey Mouse short called Mickey's Delayed Date. This, of course, fits in with, you know, we're a little delayed, a little late for Valentine's Day. Okay, all right, we, we, we understand that happens, right? So, well, you know... Mickey was a little late to a date here as well. But, you know, this is Mickey, so everything works out fine for him, even when complete disaster happens. Mickey is here. We'll find him in his chair, sleeping away, snoring loudly. And you might note that he seems to be wearing, instead of just a typical robe, it looks a lot like his Sorcerer's Apprentice robes to me. He even seems to have a rope that is uh, tying it around. Well, the phone starts ringing, and it's Minnie. And she seems to be dressed nicely as we first see her. She calls. Pluto answers the phone. Pluto licks the phone when he realizes it's Minnie, and Minnie gets a little happy for a little bit there. He says, well, put Mickey on the phone. I need to tell him something. He's late for a date. Now, of course, he's playing off like, oh, my gosh, I forgot. And he forgot to, uh, you know, not sleep through it, right? So he's kind of holding the phone away. Oh, my goodness, I forgot. And he's like, all right, I'll be on my way. And Minnie gives him 15 minutes to show up. Well, this is about a six-minute short, so I guess he makes it on time, right? Gosh, I forgot. Huh? Well, you see, Minnie, I'm... Huh? Yeah. You'll meet me at the dance in 15 minutes or... Let's go! Yeah. Oh, okay, Minnie. Okay. So he tells Pluto to get his clothes ready while Mickey dashes to get into the shower and clean himself up. Now, of course, Pluto is the real hero of this here story. Uh, he goes to get Mickey's top hat and... Well, has a little bit of trouble. In typical Pluto fashion, you know, and the same thing kind of happens in a Donald Duck, inanimate objects decide they don't like him very much. So as he tries to grab the brim of the top hat from down low, it expands. When he tries to grab it high, it shrinks down, and uh, hilarity ensues. Well, by sheer complete accident, Pluto managed to get all of Mickey's clothes on the bed. Mickey comes out thinking that there's some sort of disaster been going out as he's been in the shower and starts to scold Pluto before he trips and flies into the bed. The bed closes itself into the wall. The bed comes down and Mickey is actually fully dressed. So when Mickey has an accident, it tends to work out for them for the best. Yeah, it seems to be the way this cartoon's going. Ah! 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 
So, Mickey, now realizing he's all dressed in his tux, the only thing he needs is his tickets, he sends his faithful dog, Pluto, to pick up the tickets. Now, what we get to see is Pluto picks up the envelope, the tickets are in, and the tickets fall right out, and Pluto proudly brings the envelope over to Mickey, and after a little bit of a critique of uh, the tuxedo that Mickey's wearing, which just needed a slight tip of the hat to make it really go, you know, it's got to set it off somehow. That was the style back then. Three's a crowd. Cheerio. Mickey is ready to go, and he goes and nearly gets hit by about, you know, four or five different cars, and even like a motorcycle gang, but still comes out all right, as he also tries to get a taxi cab. The uh, taxi blows right by him, sends a puddle flying, but Mickey, ever resourceful, manages to squish himself up behind a sign and doesn't get hit by any of that water. Finally, though, Mickey uh, gets into a little bit of trouble, and a... I don't know what you call those in a big city where they have, you know, the uh, little elevator in the sidewalk. There's a mattress there. Mickey falls in it, so lands on a mattress. Uh, at this time, though, we get to see that Pluto has realized the tickets are there on the floor of the uh, house. Now, Mickey has firmly told Pluto that, well, you know, three's company, buddy. It's a crowd, so you got to stay home. Well, Pluto realizes he's got to bring these tickets to Mickey, so he runs out the door. Faithful dog that he is. Really, it's kind of his fault he's dropped the tickets anyway, so he's making up for his mistakes. Good dog, right? Well, as things go, Pluto kind of runs smack into Mickey and knocks him into a trash can. And in the collision, Pluto kind of sends that trash can with Mickey inside, rolling down the street, which Mickey crashes and finally gets out of the trash can. And lo and behold, he's where he needs to be. But his tuxedo is ruined and he's even wearing a tin can on his hat. But this is Mickey Mouse. Everything works out fine for him. As, of course, when his eyes finally come into focus, he sees Minnie standing there also in rags because it is a... Uh, hard times party. So, they're all set. Mickey's ready to go. <laughs> but one little problem. Mickey! Huh? Oh, Mickey! My, what a cute costume! Huh? Oh! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> now get your tickets and we'll go right in. See, many I huh? Pluto, I thought I told you to <laughs> bring the tickets. <laughs> but as we see here, Pluto arrives with tickets in hand. Mickey gives him a wink. Pluto winks back, and all works out well. Now, some fun facts about this. This is the last time you're going to hear Walt Disney voicing Mickey Mouse. This also features Ruth Clifford as Minnie Mouse and Pinto Colvig as Pluto. But he was the voice we basically know from the original Goofy. Uh, the animation of Pluto tussling with the top hat is actually reused in Mickey's Grand Opera, while the animation of Mickey trying to dodge traffic is reused from The Country Cousin with Mickey in place of Abner Country Mouse. This... I guess Minnie was mad. This is Minnie's last major appearance in a Mickey Mouse cartoon until Mickey's Christmas Carol. She would, however, make a brief cameo in Pluto's Christmas Tree. This short also has a lot of similar similarities with Bad Ear Day, an episode of Mickey's Mouse's most recent short series, except for the fact that Mickey lost his ears. And this is also one of the few times Mickey has seen without his gloves. And you know where we see him without his gloves? 
getting out of the shower. I'm probably going into the shower, too, because really, who wears gloves in the shower? That's just weird. But anyways, this is a great short. Like I said, came out 1947. Mickey's delayed date as we are delayed from Valentine's Day. So just remember, sometimes when things go wrong on the date, that also might mean that they're going right. All right, so once again, that was your Disney Shorts. I, of course, am your host, Jeremy, the Spider Panda Neverland. Find me over at NeverlandPodcast.com. Or, hey, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes or anywhere you're looking for podcasts as Neverland, the Fandom Nexus. We have a lot of fun over there, too. So when you're done listening to this radio, come and check us out as well. And I'll see you next time. Disney Sunday movie, a classic adventure, a family shipwrecked on an island paradise. Being alive is more important than being far. Working together to create a new life. Didn't you ever dream of having a house up on a treetop? No. I built it for us. With wonderful discoveries. It's a girl. And dangerous visitors. Pirates on the beach. An exciting journey beyond imagination. Swiss Family Robinson, next. Disney Sunday movie. How often have you dreamed of escaping to a beautiful, deserted island with white sandy beaches and sparkling clear water? In tonight's Disney adventure movie, Swiss Family Robinson, a shipwrecked family survives and finds their dream on a primitive and deserted island just like this one. This classic story was filmed in the West Indies on the beautiful island of Tobago. During production, the Disney crew was visited by an unexpected guest, Hurricane Edith. Many native houses were destroyed along with special sets constructed for the film. But members of the Swiss family production crew helped the local natives rebuild their homes. Despite the problems, the cast and crew delivered a great motion picture that will continue to entertain families for generations to come. Whoops, what's this? Bottle here. Michael Eisner, call your office. See you later. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky to the Magic Kingdom. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey. 
and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dominic, and for several years, I've had a trip planning and Disney Plus segment here on Diz Radio. Now, I'm back with a new segment covering the history of current attractions in Walt Disney World. I'm going to start the Magic Kingdom and pick a land, discuss different attractions each week from what I believe to be the worst and the best that that land has to offer. Today, I'm going to Tomorrow. As the current Walt Disney World website lists seven attractions for Tomorrowland, we have the Astro Orbiter, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, the Monsters Incorporated Laugh Floor, Space Mountain, the Tomorrowland Speedway, the TTA People Mover, and Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. Tron, I believe, will be completed sometime in spring of 2074. If I was dropped in Tomorrowland and treated it like a meal, making my last ride the best ride dessert, and the first attraction, an appetizer bowl of lima bean and sardine chilled soup, that bowl of soup would be the Astro Orbiter. A spaceship Dumbo minus the charm. At its core, the Astro Orbiter is a church carnival spinner plussed up Disney style. The OG version opened in Disneyland as the Astro Jets in 1956. The Walt Disney World version opened 18 years later as the Star Jets and originally looked like space shuttles traveling around a Saturn V rocket. Rebranded and rethemed in 1994, the Starjets, no doubt trying to distance themselves from the New York Jets, became the now Astro Orbiter. It got the new Tomorrowland semi-Jules Verne treatment, eschewing the space shuttles and Saturn V rocket treatment for actual Saturn-like planets and a Tesla coil-like centerpiece. Remember those planet models from middle school science class? Imagine scaling them up and throwing a spinner ride with retro future ships from the 1890s in the middle of it. Which version is better? Well, I'm not a purist. I'm a betterist. If something is changed or taken out of Walt Disney World, I don't care as long as it's better. And the revamp of the Astro Orbiter fits the bill. I love the colors and the planets. This was a reinvigoration that worked. It gives you great views during the day and is in neon splendor at night. It gets points from starting elevated. At its top height, you're spinning 60 feet in the air. But why is it last on the list of Tomorrowland attractions? Well, it's a pain to get on. You need to board an elevator elevator after a potentially hot queue. It only sits about 24 at a time. Right now, I'm looking at a 50-minute wait on my app, and it's mid-February. With Triceratops Spin, Aladdin, and Dumbo, there are other things to spin around in. Through no fault of its own, there are better uses for your vacation time than burning an hour on this thing. But take the time suck away from the equation, the aforementioned views of Tomorrowland as well as the whole park are stunning. It's a great weenie, which I don't mind saying on a podcast that says D-heads a lot. It brings you into Tomorrowland with a ton of tall kinetic energy, and if you're going to pilot a spaceship as a kid starting very high in the air, is a great way to do it. Some of my favorite vacation videos are of my family soaring high above Tomorrowland in the Astro Orbiter. I would even say it is a must-do for the 12 and under crowd. Final verdict, it falls last on my Tomorrowland list, not because it's bad, but because there are just other better uses of your time. Catch it right after your rope drop space mountain sprint, or do it as your one last thing before the park closes and you're in for a treat. Tune in next week as we travel up the next rung of the Tomorrowland ladder attraction as we review and talk some history of the attractions of Walt Disney World. I do have an official Diz Radio email. I'd love to hear from you with a high some questions, suggestions at dominic at disradio.com. That is D-O-M-E-N-I-C 
at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. If you like early 90s syndicated professional wrestling shows, check out the Saturday Morning Superstars podcast as well. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If this concludes your visit to the Walt Disney World Resort, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. This is the Transportation and Ticket Center. Thank you for traveling with us. The Hawaiian War Chant. Vice President of the Magic Kingdom, and you're listening to Diz Radio. Lush vegetation, white sand beaches, and the laid-back spirit of the islands are the inspiration behind Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. This tropical oasis is located in the Magic Kingdom Resort area of Walt Disney World Resort. Along with the no worries atmosphere, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort has monorail transportation to both Magic Kingdom and Epcot theme parks. So you can easily pop back to the resort for a sunny afternoon dip in the pool. Speaking of pools, check this out. The lava pool features a towering volcano, waterfall, and thrilling water slide that capture the natural beauty of the South Pacific. Or if you're more interested in being on the water than in it, you can sign up for a boat rental and explore the Seven Seas Lagoon. Another important aspect of the Polynesian culture is food. Hang loose with Stitch and friends at Ohana for a family-style character breakfast. Or 
Visit the Open Air Theater in Luau Cove to light up the night and enjoy an authentic luau with Polynesian dancing and an all-you-care-to-enjoy family-style feast at the Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show. Also, be sure to visit the new Pineapple Lanai, the only place to get your favorite Dole Whip outside of Adventureland, and the new enchantingly fun tiki bar Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, where you can enjoy a bite to eat and spirited cocktails too. When it's time to head back to your room, you won't be disappointed. The rooms at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort are classic and casual. Hints of island style like wicker headboards and bright colors are exactly what you would expect from this beautiful deluxe resort. As the sun dips below the water, you'll have a great view of the spectacular fireworks at Magic Kingdom Park and the electrical water pageant on the Seven Seas Lagoon. Take a breath and relax in the tropical paradise that is Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. Lights, camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's television, movies, memorabilia, you name it. With us here this week is no stranger to pop culture, phenomenon, Star Wars, Marvel, and even the Tiki Exotica culture. For all of you Tiki Bird fans out there, we have none other than Brandon Geraldas here with us. The president and big kahuna of Beeline Creative, you know it from Geeky Tiki's. Welcome to Diz Radio. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, as a fan of Geeky Tiki's, I own many, many of them because I am a lover of Tiki, Exotica, you know, all kinds of stuff. Tiki, totems, you name it. And of course, when I went to Star Wars Celebration last year, I had to pick up a handful of many other ones that uh, just had to be in my collection as well. But I guess before we get started into all the different things you guys offer, I guess, uh, you know, Beeline Creative, Geeky Tiki's, what, what made everyone feel like, you know, this is the route to go to create pop culture tiki phenomenon mugs well i've always loved disney and pop culture in general um and i've been a fan of tiki as well um visited my first tiki bar back in boy i think it was 18 years old and it was uh out in sparks uh trader dicks um out in sparks nevada and so i kind of got a bug for tiki back then um a little older now uh, but we started out making drinkware that was more, more limited edition, um, higher price point beer signs. And, uh, we did Star Wars and Game of Thrones and Doctor Who, uh, a number of different beer signs. Um, and we wanted to create something that was more affordable price point that you could dive into more and collect more. Um, because the signs that we were doing were actually quite expensive. And uh, it would be a big investment to buy, you know, six or eight of your top favorite characters and also took up a lot of shelf space. So we were really thinking about, well, what can we do uh, that could, you know, be more collectible? Um, you could do a wide range of these things. And we thought, well, what about tiki mugs? So we took a stab at doing some designs for tiki mugs. Um, nothing had really been done like that before in terms of licensed products. And uh, we took a stab with Star Wars, and that was the first go at it. And we really didn't think it would be approved, and it, it took some hurdles to get approved. But um, 
once we got Star Wars under our belt, it kind of took off from there. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, one of those big hurdles, of course, you know, being able to break that pop culture phenomenon and them saying, yeah, this is a good idea. And affordable is definitely one of the things that I have to say, because as an avid collector of all kinds of tiki and exotica, it can get really, really pricey fast. And the thing I love about geeky tikis is you pretty much get your geek on. And, you know, some of them that are my absolute favorites. I mean, I love the Star Wars stuff. It is great. But all kinds of pop culture. I mean, you know, I mean, one of my favorites, of course, is the Star Wars Death Star, where it's kind of like a coconut, but it's the Death Star. I, I love that one. But I guess when it comes to some of these, how do you get into the process of which character should we do? Which kind of style should we do? You know, what kind of uh, feel should it have or vibe? Or should it be more of a shot glass or more tiki totem than other ones? I guess, uh, well, how does that creative process really get going? Well, I mean, it all comes down to really uh, what we're interested in here. And uh, a lot of it spans just kind of what what I grew up with. You know, I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s. I love anything pop culture, anything 80s, 90s, etc. If we're interested in the license itself, um, and that's kind of the first starting point. It's like we love Disney, we love Star Wars, we love Marvel, we love DC, all of that. Um, and then it comes down to, you know, which characters are going to translate best towards uh, this tiki culture and this look that we've, we've now established. Um, so it started out where we would do, you know, kind of focus on the creatures and uh, characters in costume. And now it's branched out into, you know, human figures. You know, we have done Star Trek and a number of, of characters, and, and we carry forward a lot of those same design elements um, with all of our designs. Um, but really, it's, it's what, we, what we think fans would want. But at the end of the day, it's what makes us excited. Um, so it's, it's like if we want to do a Max Rebo <laughs> mug or something like that, and we think it would be just a cool mug to do, we're going to do it, and, and hopefully our fans uh, appreciate it, and they like it as much as we do. Now, with that, too, because there are so many different facets of, you know, pop culture and things. I, myself, am a child of the 80s as well, so, you know, I love these things. But, of course, are there some that resonate with people more than others where they see it and they're like, yes, that is the one I need? You know, like, I look at some of these, and, you know, when I see Yoda or, or Chewie as a tiki mug, I'm like, all right, this is a must-have. It translates, like ideally for me i guess are there some that tend to be more popular than others that you're like all right i'm digging it this is what everyone's loving it's really crazy because at first yeah you would you would think okay chewbacca is a, a given and he's kind of our mascot in terms of uh he's one of the first ones we ever did and he just everything about him encompasses the tiki um look the culture etc um but it's really depending on i mean I'll tell you, Golden Girls, we just released last month, and it's on fire right now. And um, Golden Girls is one where necessarily you wouldn't think would translate, um, you know, for older ladies uh, from Florida, but it's it's <laughs> really worked. And, you know, it's a combination of uh, the, the palette that we chose, um, the colors. Uh, it's just – it works, you know. So you never really know what's going to – we, we have an idea of what's going to work, um, but everybody has their own fandoms. You know, some people that are interested in Golden Girls might not be interested in our in our Star Wars line, or vice versa. But um, and then we've got fans that that have literally almost bought everything that we've we've put out, which is which is quite impressive. Um, 
So it's, it's yeah, really what you're into, but I, I wouldn't say – at one point I would say, yeah, some translate better than others, but at this point in the game, it's it's really what the fandom is and um, and what resonates with people. Well, definitely. And, you know, and speaking of that too, because when you talk about what resonates with people, of course, one of them that – I'm excited to get, and you know it's going to just blow the roof off of your inventory. Is of course the Mandalorian, the child mug. I mean, are you are you prepping yourself for how crazy those requests are going to be? Yeah, we're excited. We've uh, we launched that one. Uh, we have a couple variations. Um, you'll, you're the first to hear this of the child, um, and we've got an announcement, big announcement coming on May the fourth. Um, so we've got uh, a couple iterations of our mug. That's going to be coming out later this summer. Uh, it's available for pre-order now, uh, The Child with Soup. And uh, we've got some other characters. We've hinted at it on our social media, but we're working on The Mandalorian. Uh, so we've got Mando, IG-11, and a couple iterations of The Child. So uh, I think fans are really going to be excited about it. I know for us, uh, the Mandalorian was just such an amazing show and we can't wait for season two. And when that news broke, you know, when we first saw the child on the TV, uh, as a Disney licensor, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of twofold. Uh, we weren't, um, aware of the character prior to seeing it on television ourselves, which is very rare. You know, usually you see the characters in style guides, you develop product months in advance, if not years in advance. Um, so on one end, we were super stoked to see that just as the rest of the world. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, who is this magical creature? And on the other end, it's like, damn it. I wish we, uh, I wish we would have known about this and we could have had product, uh, out in the market and really capitalized on that. But, uh, you know, we understand why it was done and why it was so secretive. And, and I applaud John Favreau for that, um, uh, 100%. And, uh, so now we're just chasing it, you know, so we did as much as we could to get a, a product. As soon as we saw that, I believe we started designing the child that night and we submitted it to D- Disney the next morning. Um, and it, it took some time to get the approvals and we routed it through and, and now we're excited to have something that's out there. Well, and that's the kind of thing, too, because, you know, with the way things are right now in the world, now they can have their child tiki mug hanging out in their backyard. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting time right now, that's for sure. So we're we're seeing uh, a lot more, um, you know, we're shifting the business and, and a lot of our online retailers and um, the brick-and-mortar retailers were kind of navigating, you know, where some of these exclusive products are going to land and, and uh, we go from there. Definitely. Now, with a lot of these, like you said, some translate well, you know, there's from a lot of different facets, Guardians of the Galaxy, Game of Thrones, Universal Monsters. I mean, and going through all these pop culture icons, do you ever find yourself just going through these plethora of movies when you were a kid? And was there one that's just, you know, you're like, I want to make one. We just haven't done it yet. Because I mean, there's some that I mean, I, I would love for you guys as a fan and a collector of geeky tiki's doing something like sloth from the goonies. Uh you just nailed you just nailed it on the head. And that the goonies is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top 10, if not top 5. And sloth, we just got the approval, but we are doing sloth along with some other characters. That's fantastic. See, that's 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 news to my ears. I I love that kind of stuff. Now, um, now, aside from just the designs, things like that, you said you're an avid fan of 
you know, of tiki and, and, and the exotica culture. I myself, I love going to tiki bars and all of these things. Um, you know, have you ever come across any of your, uh, your tikis or your mugs, you know, when you're traveling, you're out at restaurants and all of a sudden there's a tiki bar or a location that's actually using your mugs as the serving mugs for people. Has, has that ever come across ever in any of your travels? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, of, we've worked with bars and, and restaurants across the United States that have, you know, either tried to been interested in purchasing them for events and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and we do develop mugs for, uh, these types of bars and restaurants. Um, but yeah, there, there's been, I'm a fan of, of Tiki and I go to any, anytime I'm in a new place, I'll first I look up, okay, you know, I got to go visit this Tiki bar. Um, and, uh, we, yeah, we're surprised to see our products there all the time. So we've seen our products, you know, at the, the SOS in Georgia and, uh, we've had products at the grass skirt in San Diego and the Polynesian in New York, um, Smuggler's Cove in San Francisco has done stuff with us, um, the false idol in San Diego. Uh, so there's a number of, um, of these bars and restaurants that have, uh, supported our brand and you'll see it especially for May the 4th that happens every year where there's big and that you know there's big cocktail tie-ins and mocktails and that sort of thing that 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 these bars and restaurants are doing um which are pretty pretty cool it's fun to see very cool you know and there's been a few times i've been out and about and i noticed uh, some of those and i'm like that's a geeky tiki mug now with some of these like you said golden girls has been super super popular so that's going to lead me to something that I know you're going to, I, I know you, how you're going to answer it, but I got to ask it anyways. Of course, some people are going to like, you know, be Arthur or other ones, but are there those people who are like, I need the complete set of every line that you do? 100%. Yeah. Um, I would think, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a lot of people are supporting the full range of the girls, uh, or they're they're purchasing them, which is great to see, and they're splitting them up amongst their friends. You know, like this person has uh, this personality, et cetera. Uh, but we've seen so many uh, posts on social media with you know wine parties and tiki parties and that sort of thing. Just in the last few weeks, um, well, now it's all you know one or two people in their house. But um, prior to the the COVID-19 announcement, there was just a lot more people were getting the mugs and they were starting to do these events and that sort of thing. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, a lot of people are are buying more than one of them. Now with this too, because it, it is as wide range. Now, of course, the other spectrum of huge fandom is horror. And of course, you have a great line of horror thrillers from Gremlins to Elvira to Universal Monsters. Um, do you see a big spike when you go to and see any of these trade shows or conventions or, you know, those kind of fan bases where they're just like, they're clamoring just as well to add this to their horror collection? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's um, horror is one that we really jumped off on. Uh, I guess it's been two years now, but um, we started with you know, Jason and Freddie and uh, Pennywise and Michael Myers and Pinhead, and um, they were very well received. And horror is, is one of these genres that, you know, you would think, uh, at least back in the, back a few years ago, it was, it was popular, you know, around October and Halloween, but it's really changed. And now when you go to these, you know, retail stores like FYE or Box Launch and some of these accounts, 
horror is becoming a year-round thing, um, and especially with the Monster Paloozas and all these different conventions out there. Um, but yeah, it's its own fandom. Um, so the people that aren't necessarily into the sci-fi of Star Wars or Star Trek, um, animation, Rick and Morty, et cetera, they're into the horror. They've, they've got their thing and they're collecting those. So it's a matter of, um, you know, continuing to develop products within these different genres. Um, Gremlins is a tough one. Where does Gremlins fit? Is it horror? Is it comedy? That's the question that, you know, people have always asked. But, uh, <laughs> is it a Christmas movie? But, um, yeah, it's fun. We like to continue to kind of branch out and say, oh, we haven't done, you know, this character yet. And, oh, we got to release that character in season series three, that sort of thing. Now, with some of these two, some of the things that you guys do, you know, because you have the ceramic mugs and things like that. And, of course, you know, there's many other lines as well and getting into some of the big box retailers and all those. What was it like saying, how can we translate some of these into, you know, affordable mugs for everybody or quick party mugs or things like that? Uh, yeah, well, we do, we do do the ceramic mugs, um, and we do the plastic tumblers. So the plastic tumblers we've done for a lot of the core licenses. So Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, Rick and Morty. Those, um, are more of our mass market, um, everyday item that's for everyone in the family. Um, uh, realistically, a lot of these people are using them out at their swimming pools. You know, if you, if you drop it on the ground, you're not going to break it. Um, so I think that that's what it, they're they're mainly used for, um, but it's an it's a lower price point, great detail, uh, and just a way that fans could use them every day to drink out of. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you've got X amount of fans that are purchasing these and putting them on a on a shelf and displaying them, and then you've got other fans that are drinking out of them and they're using them for vases and you know, spatula holders or pencil holders or whatever it might be. Uh, it's kind of one of these items that's turned into, uh, you know, a, a cool home decor accessory collectible. It kind of runs the gamut of, of outside of just a drinking vessel, which is, which has been fun to see. Well, and it's that kind of thing too, where, you know, it has expanded and done all these different things where now, you know, I mean, some of the, the plastic tumblers and things like that, it's perfect for people like myself where I have four kids and they really want to get in on the tiki culture things, but you don't want them to break it, you know? So it's nice, it's affordable and it's, and it's, you can have it by the pool side and still get that tropical fun, geeky tiki feel. 100%. That's what it was created for. Now, when it comes to some of the other things that you guys offer too, it could be is because, you know, it, it goes beyond just collecting. You want to be able to drink in some of them. Some people leave them in the boxes. Some people break them off, put them on their shelves, you know, whatever it may be. But you also have a variety of recipes you're always posting on your website and things like that. I guess which recipes are your absolute favorite to date that you could just sit there and sip away on? Wow. Um, yeah, we have, we've done a lot. Um, I'm a classic, uh, Mai Tai guy and I love good painkiller. We haven't announced a painkiller on a recipe yet, but we do have a new recipe that's coming out, um, very shortly, which we're excited to share. Um, so there's, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good ones on there. Uh, a lot of those are collaborations with, with, uh, tiki bars, um, that we were friends with. Uh, a lot of those recipes actually come from a gentleman named Jason Alexander, who owns the Devil's Reef out in Tacoma, Washington. Um, so it's, it's fun to collaborate with these different partners and uh, 
try the drinks, you know, at home and in our offices and, uh, and, and mix them up. And, um, sometimes we don't, you know, people don't have all the necessary tools to, uh, to craft the same beverage that's, you know, in your favorite tiki bar. But we're trying to get a good mix of that to where we've got, you know, recipes that you could do with the stuff that's in your cabinet or with, uh, you know, a few essential ingredients. Well, and that's always the the thing, too, is where you want to have the basic ingredients, the simple things, and then just really make something simple to drink with and, you know, make it fun. Like I said, I, I'm a Mai Tai guy as well. So, you know, I'm always up on the drinks that way. So I guess, you know, with that, so many different things, all the different stuff, some of the new stuff you've just shared with us and all of those items, I guess for anybody listening in, fans that collect all of your things, you know, uh, all of that, uh, partners that they can buy online, is there any final thing you'd like to leave out there for all the Geeky Tiki fans who are avid collectors looking for the next, the best, and, um, you know, and to the future? Yeah, well, we're excited. We, we're currently uh, uh, exclusive limited edition merchandise that is going to be offered direct to consumer. You're not going to be able to get it anywhere else. Um, in the past, we've done this with our Millennium Falcon, which was only a convention exclusive Um so there's some items like that that we're going to be introducing. So I would definitely say if you're not uh, subscribing to our newsletter, to subscribe to our newsletter, you'll be the first to find out about these new products, um, limited products that we're releasing. And, um, yeah, it's, we're, we're very excited for what the future holds, and um, especially within the Star Wars world. And we can't wait to share with our fans. Very cool. Well, I mean, and like I said, avid collector, so many different things. Geeky Tiki continues to grow and new lines and new pop culture icons. And even though we won't be seeing you at the conventions and things like Comic-Con not being able to come out, like you said, sign up for the newsletter, get out there. And uh, if you haven't started, start your collection today. I can't say that. I mean, even if you're not a Tiki collector, you got to have at least one that you can sip from by the pool over the summer. So thank you once again, Brandon, stopping in, chatting with us and kind of giving us the rundown and some of the fun things that we can look forward to. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, yes, stay safe. Got a whale of a tale to tell you lads, a whale of a tale or two about the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. On nights like this with the moon above A whale of a tale and it's all true I swear by my tattoo There was Mermaid Minnie Met her down in Madagascar She would kiss me Anytime that I would ask her Then one evening her flame of love blew out Blow me down and pick me up, she swapped me for a trout. Got a whale of a tale to tell you lads, a whale of a tale or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. On nights like this with the moon above, a whale of a tale and it's all true. I swear by my tattoo, there was Typhoon Tessie. Met her on the coast of Java when we kissed. I bubbled up like molten lava. Then she gave me the scare of my young life. Blow me down and pick me up. She was the captain's wife. 
got a whale of a tail to tell you lads A whale of a tail or two About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved On nights like this with the moon above A whale of a tail and it's all true I swear by my tattoo There was Harpoon Hannah Had a look that spelled out danger My heart quivered When she whispered hi there stranger Bought her trinkets that sailors can't afford when I spent my last red cent, she tossed me overboard. Got a whale of a tail to tell you, lads, a whale of a tail or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. On nights like this with a moon above, a whale of a tail and it's all true. I swear by my tattoo. And their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that piece. Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a great romp, one of my true favorites. I love Tiki, I love Exotica, and thank you once again to Brandon Traldez for stopping in here, chatting with all of us, and having some fun here at the show because I collect way too many Geeky Tiki. Trust me, I have many, 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 a few dozen. I'll just leave it at that, LVD heads. So thank you, Brandon, once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and I'm excited to see what Geeky Tiki is going to be pushing out in 2022. In addition, I'd like to thank the D-Team. Without the D-Team, it'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And I want to extend that thank you to Frank, Jeremy, and Dominic stopping in here this week with their signature segments and, in some cases, brand new segments. So it is a lot more fun and a lot more interactive. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, we wouldn't be here 12 years later. Yes, 12 years later, we're still here. We're still kicking. We're still bringing you the magic and special guests every single week because of you, the D-Heads. You truly do make the magic happen and make us want to bring it to you. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, next week we have some fun things going on. We are heading into March. It is going to be a great week. Fat Tuesday is happening. You can't go wrong with Fat Tuesday next week. You have Ash Wednesday, the start of the Easter season. 
So we have a lot of fun things that's going to be kicking off next week here at the show, so stay tuned for that. So before I release the reins here, end out the show here this week, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show once again. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our news blog, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, you name it, we are everywhere. Just find all those links at DizRadio.com. Once again, that's DizRadio.com. You can also subscribe to us all over the social media networks to get our shows in your mailbox right away through iTunes. You can ask Alexa to play it. You name it, it is available for you to stream anywhere and everywhere. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to wrap up this week. I'm going to head into the weekend because my son is turning 14. I know last week I just had another son turning 12. Now I have my other son turning 14. Two birthdays in two weeks. It is a busy week here in the Johnson household, but it is definitely a fun one, and we're going to be getting our tropical uh, tiki fix on, and I'll elaborate a little bit more about that on social media as well as all over... uh, the Disney radio outlets. I'll leave it at that. It's going to be a fun ride. So as we step into the weekend, as I always say, take time, slow down, never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So make the magic happen. Slow down. Take it all in because every little moment counts. And before you know it, in a blink of an eye, the magic has moved on into the future. So until next week, all of you D-heads, head out to the Luau, pour yourself a Mai Tai, have a Dole Whip. If you're a child listener listening in, have a alcohol-free margarita and make it definitely fun. And I'm going to leave you here with a little bit of a Net Funicello, some classic Luau music, and have a magical week, all of you D-heads. Cha-cha-cha While the ribs and 
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.